Festival Insider. Helping filmmakers traverse the scary world of film festivals. Hello, it's Spencer Hawken here, and it is time for the second episode of the Film Festival Insider podcast. And in the show today, I'm talking to a very good friend of mine, and that is Peter Blunden. And I always think if you're a little bit insecure, and I'm insecure about doing this podcast despite being asked to do it, that the best place to start when you're interviewing people is with somebody you know. So Peter is the ideal victim for me because he works on the very festival that I work on, which is the Romford Film Festival. Peter is actually one of the very few people that I talk to pretty much every day. So, yeah, I'm honoured that he would be my first guest. So, Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Quite okay. Quite okay. Thanks for having me. So let's start off, Peter, by getting you to explain what film festivals you've been working on over the last few years and why you started wearing this hat. Yep, so as you said there, I've been working on the the Romford Film Festival for, I think it's three editions now, isn't it? We've done three. Um, And also the Romford Horror Film Festival, which we've done two editions for. Uh, Before that, I was involved with the London East Asia Film Festival. So that's films from that corner of the globe um worked on a few editions of that festival as like a coordinator and different kind of roles uh some other ones i've worked on i've worked on london short film festival each year now for the last three or four years which is one of the biggest well it's the the biggest short film festival in the uk certainly one of the biggest in europe and a few other ones like fright fest and the now sadly defunct uh, London East End Film Festival. So quite a lot of different types of festival over the years, yeah. What was it that drew you into the film festival environment? Yeah, so um, when I did my Masters in Film, we did a, a module about film festivals and uh, really enjoyed that module in particular and got to go to Berlin um, for the Berlin Arle in, I think that was... 2014 now um really really fun week really enjoyed that I just like yeah there's just something about film festivals I can't quite put my finger on it but there's just something that I really enjoy about the atmospheres and the kind of the films you get to see and the events that happen and the people you meet and stuff it's just a very nice if obviously if you're a film fan it's a kind of you know really good atmosphere and, and place to visit so that's where it started um yeah and it's it's good and you know it's good for things like a lot of these festivals are always looking for people to help out so it's always good to get that kind of experience and things you can volunteer at a lot of them but as obviously I've progressed I've picked up a few sort of paid paid roles here and there as well so it's always good nice money's always good it is yes <laughs> so what do you think is the advantage of going to a film festival and I know that sounds silly but there's still a lot of filmmakers that don't even consider film festivals and the reach that they can have well, obviously, there's a certain kind of level uh, of filmmaking that, unless you're in a film festival, it's very difficult to get screened because you know we're not we're not talking about the the very very high budget Hollywood, uh, Marvel, etc. Machine films. We're talking about a very specific type of film, 
uh, which is usually you know very independent, low budget, etc. And they're just a very good way of getting your film screened um, with an audience, hopefully a physical audience as well. Which because I'm very much like you are, Spencer, very much believe in the the physical festival mm. uh, opposed to this kind of you know. Well, obviously, we've seen a big increase in digital festivals over the last few years out of necessity. Mm. Uh, but I don't think you just can't beat the physical festival still, in my opinion. Um, so with an audience is great for um, filmmakers because, <clears throat> you know, they get they get very valuable feedback, either through things like Q&As or literally people feeding back to them after the screenings or, you know, just talking to them and all that kind of stuff talking to people that run festivals like us, you know, they get, you know, advice and stuff, well, you know, they can use for the future. So I think that's obviously very important for filmmakers. And, you know, I think you never, obviously networking as well is a big thing because I think a lot of filmmakers, you never quite know who you're going to meet at some of these festivals because no. you, you can meet people that you might end up working with on your next project and your next project, your next project. So, because you know we've seen that before that people meet at festivals and they end up working together and stuff so for all those reasons yeah uh, that kind of indie uh low budget end of cinema which you know is out there and is is thriving um it's just as important as the big budget stuff and yeah festivals are a really good place for for that kind of talent and that talent pool if you like I should explain that you're probably hearing quite a lot of sniffing and coughing. Unfortunately, Peter's not actually very well at the moment, so I've dragged him off of his deathbed to do this, poor swine. As I've said, Peter works on the Rumford Film Festival and he is part of our Film Selections Committee. So in that role, Peter, how many films do you suppose you watch each year? Um, between feature films and short films, I would say it's kind of probably getting on for 350 i would say 400 across the year okay. yeah it's yeah. a lot and <laughs> a lot of submissions and just to highlight we're talking two three four hundred hours of films that you watch each year from independent filmmakers how important do you think it is that film festivals provide filmmakers with feedback about their film yeah i mean as with all things in life sometimes we don't always like feedback especially if it's not what we would like to hear but I think it's good for everyone just like it is in in you know in real life if you like uh to at least get some idea of how you're how you're doing how other people perceive your work yeah because obviously if you I mean I'm not a filmmaker myself but I could imagine uh if I was, I would be very protective myself and I would sort of, you know, know what I like and sort of think that that's what everyone likes. But of course, that's not how these things work. Uh, so I think sometimes it's good to get uh, constructive feedback from other people and just sort of so you can gauge and sort of tell where you are with what you think you know, your film is about or how good it is or what it's trying to talk about um, and just with other people, what they thought. Mm. Because obviously at the end of the day, sure, film isn't, is definitely an art form, but uh, you've got to have an audience for it. Um, yeah. You know, and if you're way off with what you think your film is, then you're going to find 
you're going to have an issue at some point. Um, yeah, because you can't just make films for yourself at the end of the day. No, absolutely. So when a filmmaker submits a film, they don't just submit the film, they submit a page of essentially blurb that includes a director's statement, etc. How important do you think that is in terms of how you view a film? So personally, the way I do it, I like to go in quite cold on a film mm. of the submissions. It's just how I work. I know some of the other um, submission team at Romford do things slightly differently because we've discuss this but I like to go in quite cold so I don't really know anything um, that it's about and I don't look at the budget and all that kind of stuff um, yeah, yeah. the only thing I would literally see is usually the title the run length and usually the director's name because that's kind of in the default view mm. it might be someone <clears throat> that I recognize that we've had a film from before or whatever uh, but apart from that, I like to go in quite cold. Uh, yeah, it's just the way I choose to do it. Just kind of, kind of think, well, I'm not taking any preconceptions in then about how much the budget was or anything like that. Yeah. Look and look at it with fresh eyes. Absolutely. So once you've watched the film, mm -hmm. uh, do you then look a little bit deeper into... Yeah, after that, I would usually have a little look around, you know, how much the budget was, etc. Whether or not then I think, well, okay, on that budget, mm, okay, I understand why certain things might have not been what I would have expected, maybe of a bigger budget film, you know, and you think, oh, okay, I understand mm. why they've made those choices or they've had to make those choices, etc. Uh, Do you think that press kits are an important part of a submission? I mean, useful, I guess, especially for the technical side of the festival, if you like. You know, mm -hmm. if, if how the film's going to be played and if there's any special uh, instructions on, on you know, things like ratio or whatever it might be. Uh, but for me, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it had any direct impact to kind of what my role is, mm -hmm. personally. How important is it, do you think, that filmmakers fill out all the sections of the Film Freeway page? Yeah, it's nice to know sometimes, because sometimes if I saw a face in it, that I thought, OK, I think I recognise that person. Because we see so many submissions, and, you know, a lot of the people that are in the kind of films that we get are sort of, they might pop up in the background of this, that, or something else. I think I, I recognise that person, but I can't quite put a name on who it is. Mm -hmm. I've seen them in, and I'll just have a little look on IMDb, etc. Because I'm a bit like that. But um, yeah, it's nice to know who all the people are and get them credited as well. Obviously, it's nice that people get recognised for their work officially. Going to move into one of my pet hates, and that is fake budgets into a film. So a lot of filmmakers decide to either artificially inflate or reduce the budget of a film. Do you think that detracts from a selection committee member's experience? I guess sometimes you do see some films and you think, oh, this looks quite high budget. They must have had quite a decent budget. And then it, it says it's very low and you do kind of wonder sometimes. You think, hmm, I'm not quite sure if I do believe that. Or if it says zero, but, you know, it says literally zero pounds, you think, Mm, not quite sure how they've done that either because they must have been gifted a very very you know we've had ones that you think the location has been really really good you think 
I'm not quite sure they got that for absolutely nothing. They must know a lot. They've either got very, very lucky and they know a lot of people or they're possibly telling a fib or two. I don't know. What about when it goes the other way and they say they've spent a couple of hundred thousand pounds on a film and then they've actually shot it in their living room? I guess it potentially could. I mean, if you're someone who's made a film before or whatever and you think, well, how they got all that money? And they've made that. I don't know. Possibly that could could possibly influence people. Yeah, I mean, it would make me. I, I would think it would. I would question it and say, I wonder. I'm not quite sure where they've spent that on. But I mean, in terms of making me feel differently about it, I don't think it would make me feel differently necessarily. But sometimes it's a shame when you get a film and you think. I'd like to have seen a more talented filmmaker with that money. Sometimes you can't help but think yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? You do sort of think, yeah. oh, if only, you know, X, Y, Z, who I know, who's made this really good film, but has, always has no money, wonder what they could do with that money. But I mean, that's just, you know, some people know people, they're connected, etc. It's just one of those things. How important do you think it is to have cover art? Essentially, I'm asking, you know, that they have a poster when it comes to the representation of the film. Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say, would say it does certainly doesn't hurt to have a a nice eye catching poster. Certainly doesn't hurt, but I don't think it's the be all and end all. Uh, there's obviously a lot of talented local artists and graphic designers and people are out there who, you know, they'd probably be very willing to have a conversation about doing an impressive bit of film uh, artwork because it probably probably a nice thing to have on their CV, I would have thought, in their portfolio. Um, I mean, from my perspective, I do think that uh, you've got some really great apps out there, things like Canva, that allow people to create effective-looking pieces of art. I've noticed that Facebook has a couple of um, film poster apps that are being advertised through there but i think my favorite is always to look at something like fiverr um and i know the name fiverr is a little bit deceptive in the same way that poundland the name poundland is a little bit deceptive because nothing's a pound in there anymore um but yeah fiverr I i think is a very good resource in terms of uh getting something created quite cheaply do you think a filmmaker should go to a site like Film Freeway with a film festival strategy? And how would you advise them, so a random filmmaker who's never submitted a film before, what mm. guidance do you think you would give them in terms of like how they looked at film festivals and what they would select? Mm. So <clears throat> obviously there's a lot of film festivals out there. Um, and I think you can end up spending a lot of money, obviously, submitting your films to festivals. So it's obviously important to pick the right ones. And <clears throat> by right ones, I would say, you know, it's obviously, it depends what kind of film you've made, but obviously there's probably certain festivals that you can discount and say, okay, they're not suitable. Um, but then I would say, <clears throat> I mean, I know you're on film 
film free where you can read reviews and things of what other people have said about festivals, which is always a good place to have a look at. Because, you know, I know for looking at the, for the Romford one, you know, people are often say what kind of festival it is, what to expect there and that kind of thing. So that might be a good pointer for you if you really don't know your festivals. So for example, like a lot of the comments we get in our feedback is about how people loved having the interviews or the Q and A and all that kind of stuff. So you'd know straight away that you'd get a Q and A and that kind of thing for for Romford and other festivals like it. But yeah, if you looked in the comments, obviously you, you'd gather that. Let's end this interview putting you on your toes. What five tips would you give a filmmaker putting their film into a film festival? So, so one of my my pet peeves and we've discussed this before is sound so yeah. if you've you know even on films on really low budgets uh if the sound is really bad the quality then that's a real big turn off it makes it painful almost to to watch a, a submission with sound and also you've got to think if it's going to be upscaled to a cinema screen how would that get on? How would your film get on it? You know, with a cinema surround sound, etc. So, yeah, make sure you've got a good sound recorder and equipment for that. That'd be number one. Um, <laughs> another pet peeve, and then I'll move on. But another pet peeve is always films with stupid twist endings. That annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get some really good films, and then they feel like they need to put a twist on at the end. And it's like, oh, you just ruined it. Like, just because you're a low budget film doesn't need, it doesn't mean you've got to put a twist to make it unique at the end. So, but, so don't do that. Um, submission wise, uh, you know, talk about yourself as a filmmaker and what the film is about if you want to, but don't make it really, really long or really self indulgent because that's really off putting sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Some some of the things that we we read, you just think, oh god, it's like. Yeah, I, um, I, funnily enough, I was I was talking about this just last night, and I was saying to someone, I received we received a submission once, and I think the opening statement on the director's biography is, XX, is mm. one of the most important. Yep. Independent filmmakers working on the British film scene right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So don't do things like that. <laughs> Let us be the judge of that. Uh, you know, talk about yourself, fine, but, you know, have some humility. <laughs> and don't put a ridiculous photo of yourself either. Just put a photo. <laughs> <laughs> a ridiculous photo of yourself we get some ridiculous ones um yeah <coughs> um, what else we got um tips um attend the festival that you get played in that's that's a good that's a big tip so what would you what would you say if you are submitting to a film festival so say, for example, I was living in the United States and I was submitting to a London film festival mm. and I don't have the money mm. to attend. Mm -hmm. Do you have some guidance for me along that line? Um, yeah, I mean, even if you don't follow 
you know, if you can't be there in person, you can follow a lot of things on social media, obviously, that uh, you can engage with the festival in that way, which I think people find quite beneficial. Yep. And, you know, just you've got at, at the indie sort of level, you've really got to be good at self-promotion. So that's all part of it. It's all engaging with the social media of the festival, um, you know, even if you can't attend and just keep it on top of things because, you know, we've had people that, haven't been able to come and they've won a prize and they didn't really even realize because they've just not been following the, the social media, which I just find, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we find strange. It's, it is, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> so definitely do that. And just, uh, if you do come to the festival, you know, get involved, try and talk to as many people as you can. Uh, ask, you know, some of the people about what the kind of films they like to see and uh and meet other people that you just you never know you might find someone you you work out on a long working relationship with in the future um because always people are there and they're always up for meeting people and collaborating and stuff you just never know excellent well peter i can hear that you are um slowly dying <laughs> so um i'm gonna let you uh, i'm gonna end this interview but thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us thank you put me out of misery <laughs> absolutely thank you thanks a lot and yes thanks to peter for uh doing that especially when i wasn't feeling very well so just a little thing that i'd like to add um, to probably one of the last points that we had was that if you can't attend the festival talk to the film festival organisers say things like you know is it possible to do a video introduction is there any way of doing a virtual Q&A how can I be involved without actually being there film festivals do understand when you can't travel to them and they do understand how expensive the business is but I think it's a terribly fatal mistake for a filmmaker to just not engage at all because they can't get there. You've submitted to the film festival for a reason. You want your film to be shown there. Engage with the film festival. Engage with them on social media. Engage with them in person, in emails. Talk to them. See what they can do. See how they can work with you. Yes, they're not going to turn around to you and say, oh, I'm going to pay for you to come from Australia to the UK. But it's definitely worth having that conversation with them. Understanding is key to all of this. So in the next episode, we're going to look at how you find the right festivals. And we're going to have a kind of tick list of things that you need to look out for when you're submitting to a film festival, especially when it's a film festival you don't know about. Anyway... Thank you for Peter for joining us and thank you especially to you for listening to this podcast. We'll catch you next time. That's all, folks. See you on the next episode of the Film Festival Insider.